is your dream. Everybody's got a dream when they come to Hollywood. Shout out to all my incoming freshmen, homecoming queens, prom kings, and of course those class clowns. If you're hearing my voice for the first time, congratulations, level up. But understand this, this is the place where dreams come to die. Because everybody ain't gonna make it. But since when have you been everybody? When have they referred to you as everybody? This is the Hollywood University Stereo Podcast. I am the voice of the city. They call me Boogie. That's EWF in the background, Earth, Wind, and Fire. It's one of the many anthems of this city. How you feel about yourself? If you're on your way, come on. If you're here, welcome to the party. You ain't got enough stamps in your passport to f*** with young H.O. <laughs> International. Um, show young boys how to do this thing. The maturation of Jay-Z-Z. <laughs> Check me out. 30's the new 20, I'm so hot still uh-huh. Better bra, better automobile uh-huh. Better yard, no. no, better hundred mil Then buy the songs and I'll probably start another trend I know everything you want to do I did all that by the age of 21 By 22 I had that brand new act cool I guess you could say that my legend just begun I'm young enough to know the right car to buy Yet grown enough not to put rims on it I got that six deuce with curtains so you can't see me And I didn't even have to Put tents on it. I don't got the bright watch. I got the right watch. I don't buy out the bar. I bought the night spot. I got the right stock. I got stockbrokers that's moving it like white tops. I know you like. This is child abuse, called diapers I might just be getting nicer Young boys ain't ready for real 30's the new 20, I'm so hot I used to live in pants at, not giving a Bay boy, now I'm all grown up I used to cruise the used car lot, put chrome on the truck Bay boy, now I'm all grown up I used to play the block like that I used to carry knots like that Now I got black cards, good credit and such Bay boy, cause I'm all grown up the new 20. It's the Hollywood University Stereo Podcast. It is officially my birthday. Woo-hoo-hoo. Not to mention, just like a week ago, I celebrated my 17-year anniversary here in Los Angeles, California. I'm clapping. BZ, you're going to have to adjust that because I'm clapping today, baby. I made it 17 years. Ha-ha. Woo. I'm proud of myself, proud of some of the things that I've done, proud of the fact that I never had to move back home. And I ain't gonna front. It was certain times when I thought I was gonna have to. Shit was not easy. But I made it. I'm still here. It's my birthday today. So much that I want to talk to you about, but I'm gonna keep it in a sample size today. Let me take my crown off. Got my crown on my head. Oh, blessed. Privileged, highly favored, the whole nine. It's the Hollywood University Stereo Podcast. I am the voice of the city. I am he. They call me Boogie. So much that I wanted to talk to y'all about, but like I said, we're going to keep a sample size of this one because I got plans tonight. Me and my shorty going to this little 80s party at the LA Zoo. This going to be fun. I like dressing up. You see, I already got my Adidas on, my Adidas on. Got my Kango ready. I'm going to be up in there. For real. 
2K19 just came out for all my video game heads. Oh, listen. Here's what I used to do. I used to cop the Madden, right? Just because it was a lull. There was that moment where there was no new games out. So I would cop the Madden and play Madden hard body karate, as my boy Mike Rappaport would say. I would cop it hard, play it just religiously. And then when the 2K came out, I never touched the Madden. So this year I decided, you know what? I'm not going to touch the Madden. I'm not going to download the Madden. I'm not going to buy the Madden, especially once I heard how they took Colin Kaepernick's name out of You know what? We good on the Madden. But I got that 2K. And anybody that want it can come get it. Like a soul for real song. If if you want it, you can have it. Oh, come and get it. And I'll be waiting for you. If anybody want that work on that 2K19, my screen name is Boogie Wonderland. Boogie, B-O-O-G-I-E, Juan, J-U-A-N, Durland, D-E-R-L-A-N. Come get that work. What's happening? You don't want it? I don't really be in the park that much. Like, I like to play a quick game. Play with the full squadron. You know what I mean? That's just how I get out. It's my birthday. I'm blessed. I ain't gonna front. I wish my mama was here. There were certain things that happened every year when my mama was alive. She would all, every year, she would call and sing me. Sing me a happy birthday. And she had a certain way to sing it. And I miss it. I miss it bad. You know? I remember one of my favorite memories of hers when she came to L.A. about five years ago to celebrate my birthday with me. And we went to a concert, one of the first concerts she ever took me. This this group was the first group that she ever, actually it was the first concert that I ever went to. We went to see this group and it was called, the group is called Earth, Wind & Fire. And my mom and I sat at the Hollywood Bowl and we sang and we sang and we sang all them songs. I miss my mom. I ain't gonna front. I'm an only child raised in a single parent home. And I miss my mama every day. But she raised me right. So I'm here living my life, living my best life, ups and downs. I, I think back a lot on the times that I had in Columbus, Ohio, before I got here. Back when I had a tiger, a real life tiger. Yeah, I said it, a tiger. Back when I had a monkey. Back when I was pushing that Hummer, not the H2, the real big body Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dennis Rodman Hummer. All my Columbus folks, y'all listening to this, you know, I ain't never lie. I think back on all those times when I had just started to get my water wings and figure out that entertainment was really where I wanted to be. When I told myself, I ain't never going to work another nine to five job. Oh, listen, I wasn't no hard work. Wasn't, 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 wasn't shoot. I worked hard. I, I had four jobs at one time. I worked at a spot called cluck you chicken. I used to dress up like they chicken and go around to the different clubs and dance to promote they shit. Just get it. No ego. Just out there chilling. Right. Then I worked at merry-go-round in the mall. I had to make sure the, the clothes was fly. So I had to get that discount. Work there. People person. Come in, talk. I'll sell you the whole store. At some point, I worked at Limited for the girls. And once they saw how dope I was, they just put me back by the dressing room. 
Like, I remember my boys like, yo, you get a job at the limit? And I'm like, yeah. I'm finna get a job over here with all these women. Man, I was back there by the dressing room. Girls would come out. What do you think of this, Bobby? Ah, that's a little too tight for you. You might want to try here. Let me grab you another side. I was just on it. I was delivering pizzas in the evening. And I worked at UPS. That was a hard body, heavy duty check. I was getting bread. And then I connected with this dude named Chris Corso. Chris Corso is a Columbus, Ohio legend. Once me and this man clicked our heels together, like Dorothy, we changed how Columbus looked, how it felt, how it sounded. First time I ever stepped into a nightclub, it was called a real club. See, up until this point, every place that I had went to that played music was just like a little bar. It was a bar, had a dance floor. It was cool. The first time I stepped into a real nightclub was a spot in Columbus, Ohio called Mecca. What? I remember when he told me to come to the spot. See, I was working in the summer. That summer, I was working at a spot called Cedar Point. And there was a spot right by Cedar Point that everybody from Cedar Point would go to. It was called Louie's. For whatever reason, I got kicked out. Well, I know the reason. I got kicked out of Louie's for fighting. So they was like, you can't come back in here. I like to dance. So I got to go somewhere. I ended up finding a spot that all the local people of Sandusky used to go to called The Drink. The owner of The Drink's name is Chris Corso. So by the time summer was over, I go to Columbus. I bump into Chris one day on the street. And he's like, yo, what are you doing here? I'm like, what you doing here? He's like, yo, you got to come down to my club. Now, this guy knows I can dance. So he's like, you got to come down to my club downtown. It's called Mecca. Now, I had already heard urban legends and tales about this Mecca spot. People are like, oh, you don't want to go to Mecca. They be beating people and choking people out and S&M and all that. So, you know, when you don't know, you kind of listening to people. Well, me, not wanting to listen to people. Then when my man tells me he owns it, I'm immediately like, okay, I'm on my way. I remember the first time I went to Mecca. Now, at this time... Columbus, Ohio had an old school penitentiary that had been closed for years, but the skeletal remains of it was still there. And this club was like right next door to it. Now, talk about some freaky shit. This shit was creepy as fuck. So I rolled down there. I don't see no line of people. I don't see no people walking to the spot where I'm going. I don't see nobody. I parked the car and all I see was like a movie. All I see is a big barrel with fire coming out of it, with two big security guards standing around it. So I walk up, and they're like, they ain't even paying me no attention. Not even, can I help you? What none of that shit. So I was like, hey, guys, uh, Corso told me to come. And they just kind of nodded their head, like, going in. So I walk, I mean, two big steel doors. I opened the one door, and it was a hallway about 20 feet wide. And it was black light. Nobody in the hallway. And I'm walking down this hallway. And in my mind, the whole time, you know me, I ain't, I ain't scary as hell, but I'm cautious as hell. So the whole time in my mind, I'm thinking, where the fuck am I at? As I'm walking down this hallway, now I start to hear the music. <laughs> now, mind you, I've never heard house music prior to this. Everything that I heard was hip-hop-y, Right? Hey, let me ride that donkey, donkey, let me ride that. Stuff like that. Give me that donkey button, them big old It was like stuff like that that I was listening to before at the club. We was dancing to that kind of stuff. You know, H-Town, you get it. 
So when I'm walking down this hallway and I'm hearing this bass just, I'm like, what is that? What song is that? I turn a corner, still don't see nobody. But all I see at the end of this hallway is a dude and he's sitting at a podium. And behind him is this big velvet curtain. And I remember I'm, I'm looking at him. I'm like, hey, bro, Corso told me to come. He looked at me. He was like, you ready? I'm, me being hype, you can't say no shit like that to me. You can't, you can't ask me if I'm ready because now you, you talking my language. So he looked at me right in my eyes and was like, you ready? I was like, yeah, I'm ready. He was like, you sure you ready? You ready for this? I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready, dog. He was like, welcome to the party. He pulled this curtain back and that music said, and the lights, everything. All I saw was a sea of people. They hands up, they rocking. Now, to the left was a big white sheet, and behind the sheet was a girl dancing. All you saw was her silhouette. She was just doing lines. Everything she was doing was lines, right? Just lines. Not really heavy, hard dancing, just lines. So I'm immediately like, that's dope. As I start to scan the room over there on top of a, of a, a scaffolding that's like, seemed like it was 100 feet high, was a girl up there dancing. Right, she up there dancing in the middle of the dance floor on a like a on a pedestal was another girl dancing. So this place to me, I'm like, where am I at? This is this is like a fucking movie. All of a sudden, Corso rolled up to me. What's up, bro? You fucking ready? You fucking ready? I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Cause he know I'm hype. I'm ready to dance. So he's like, all right. Now in my mind, I'm thinking he's gonna tell me to get up on the most noticeable spot so I can do my thing. He looks at a, it's like a cage right here, maybe five feet from where we stand. And he goes, all right, jump in that cage and kill it. Now, in this area, there's a bar and maybe two people standing over here. So I look at him like, right here? Now, in my mind, I know I'm colder than all these dancers you got in here. So to me, you ain't going to utilize my talent in one of them spots? So I look at him like he's crazy. I'm like... Here, he's like, yeah, what's wrong with that? I'm like, he's like, you want to do it or not? So I was like, all right. Now, me being young, I don't recognize what he's doing. See, he's got a bar back here. But this area is dead. So this bar back here ain't making no money. He knew once I started dancing, oh, this area going to be packed now. And he was fucking right. Because once I got in that cage and started killing that shit, it was loaded back there. That bar was banging. So now I'm like, okay, I see his concept. He's trying to get this area crowded and rocking, but I'm trying to get up to the motherfucking scaffolding. I need to be up there. So as I'm watching, I'm watching the rotation. How long the girls are up before they come down. Then I'm noticing that there's a security guard at the bottom of the stairs at his job is to walk this dancer over to the next spot. So now I'm calculating how long he's gone, how long that area is vacant from a security guard before another one returns. Because I'm plotting. I'm finna get up there. I'm finna get up there. I don't know what nobody said. I'm finna get up there. So he, the girl starts to come down the stairs. And I'm waiting. I'm fucking waiting. She comes down the stairs, and he... Grabs her by the hand, and as soon as he turned his back, I jumped out that cage and was scurrying through that crowd, and I ran up them steps. 
Now, I brought a whistle with me. I had a whistle. You know the kind of whistles that the referees use? You know, the real loud ones? They're called Fox 40s. I brought one of those with me. Now, you might be saying, why do you have a whistle? When I was working at Cedar Point, at some point I started working in traffic. So they gave you, they gave us a, a flashlight with a big yellow cone on the end, a reflector vest, and a whistle. So in my mind, at that time, I'm dressing as crazy as possible. So I had the flashlight and the whistle with me. When I climbed to the top of them steps, I jumped up and landed on that platform and blew that whistle. Everybody looked up. I started flipping the flashlight all around to the music. I'm chilling it. I mean, I'm killing it. Them folks is like this, right? I'm killing this shit. Next thing you know, here come the big ass security guard. And I'm like, oh man. So he starts flashing his light at me. So once he starts to flash his light at me, I start turning to Michael Jackson. I'm, oh, I'm screaming. Oh, crowd is going nuts, laughing. Then he started acting like he was coming up them steps. Now, once his big motherfucker started acting like he was coming up them steps, showtime's over. You ain't finna beat me up and embarrass me in front of all these folks. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I start coming down the stairs. Once I start coming down the stairs, the crowd is like, ooh, you can hear it. I mean, the music loud. So when they start to make noise, it's about 2,000 people in here. So when they start to make noise, cheering and booing, you can hear it. So as I get to the bottom of the stairs... Corso starts to come through the crowd too. And I'm like, oh man, I didn't got fired on my first day. So he says, what are you doing? And I'm about to answer him. And all of a sudden, when I look up at him, he's not looking at me. He's looking at the security guard. So the security guard is looking at him like, he's like, what are you doing? You see these people? They're feeling that. Bowman, get back up there. I was like, okay. Man, I ran back up them steps, jumped up there, blew that whistle again, and they started... And that was it. At that moment, I was like, okay, this is what I do now. So all them other jobs that I was doing, that shit was over. That shit was a wrap. He threw me some bread that night. Now every weekend, I'm at that fucking Mecca. Chilling them. So it was that moment where I'm like, this entertainment shit is for real. At the same time, I'm on my stand-up comedy game. So every show that came through Columbus, Ohio... I'm trying to host it. I don't care if it was old school temptations. I was on stage first telling jokes. That was what I was doing. Everything that I was doing was hustle mentality, entertainment. I ain't trying to work at UPS. I ain't trying to work. I'm trying to entertain. This is far long before I ever had thoughts of Hollywood, LA. Long before I ever wanted to come to Hollywood University. I was making my bones in Columbus, Ohio. More and more clubs started to open. I really started to solidify my position in the city as I'm throwing this hot shit. If it's hot, I'm involved. I don't give a... It it used to be radio station sponsored events. I wasn't part of the radio station. I ain't worked at the radio station, but I was hosting that shit. Everything to me centered around entertainment. I remember one time I went to Miami. I was throwing parties on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So Sunday, I would leave town, just take a trip somewhere. Used to come to L.A., used to go to Miami by myself. And I would be there until the next Thursday. And I would fly back to Ohio, throw my party, and generally on Sunday, pack up and go somewhere else again. I remember I went to Miami one time. 
And I met Chris Gonzalez, his brother Tony Gonzalez, and I met Dennis Rodman. I'm meeting up with these dudes every night. We kick it. They can't believe I don't drink. They can't believe I don't do no drugs. I'm just a ball of energy. And then when they realize that I'm out there by myself, because every time I meet up with them, they kind of looking like, you. who you here with? And I'm like, me? Where your friends at? They back home. Wait, you came out here by yourself? Yeah. I don't need a bunch of folks to do nothing. I'm, I'm an only child. I make moves, right? So I remember it was a Thursday I was leaving. And they're like, yo, you, you linking up with us tonight? I'm like, oh, I got to go back home. I'm throwing this party tonight. And they're looking at me like, you ain't wait, wait, wait. At this time, the hottest party, the hottest club in Miami was called Liquid. It was owned by this dude named Chris and Madonna. So they can't believe it when I'm telling them I'm getting ready to go back to Ohio. And yeah, these parties in Miami are cool, but ain't none of them fucking with the shit that I do in Ohio. Now, since we've, 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 we've gained a rapport, we've established a rapport, they kind of, they ain't looking at me like I'm bullshit. So Dennis is like, tell me about your party. I'm like, man, my party, you got to understand, first of all, Columbus, Ohio, 68,000 undergrad at the Ohio State University, the Ohio State University. I'm like, so you got a mix of all these different people that's coming from all over the country, all over the world, just diverging on this one campus, and I'm throwing this party that's got everybody. It's just the line goes down the street and around the corner. So he's looking at me like, for real? I'm like, yes. So I remember I jumped on that flight, and by the time I got to Columbus, he's calling my phone like, where you at? And I'm like, bro, I told you. I left. I'm already in Ohio. He's like, I know what you said, but where you at right now? I'm like, I just, I, I just got to the crib. He's like, all right, well, we here. I'm like, you where? He's like, we in Columbus. We on High Street, staying at the hotel on High Street. Now, in my mind, I'm like, this motherfucker playing. He ain't in the, we talk about, I just, I just saw y'all in, in Miami. He's like, we chartered a fucking private jet. We up here in Ohio now. This shit you talk about better be banging. So I'm like, what hotel you at? He tells me the hotel. I'm like, man, put put the put the front there, the front the front desk person on the phone. So all of a sudden, little white girl get on. Hello. I'm like, who is this? She's like, oh, this is Abby. I remember the shit like it was yesterday. I'm like, Abby, where were you at? She was like, she names the name of the hotel. I'm like, where's that at? She starts saying things that you would only know if you were at that hotel. So I'm like, okay, let me talk to Dennis. He's like, man, I don't play games. If you talk about a party, what's up? At that moment, when I brought Dennis Rodman into my party, legendary. It was a legendary type of moment. It was a wrap. It was over. And those were the moments that allowed me to feel like I could come to L.A. and really do my thing. So I packed up and headed out west. And I remember when I got here, since I had already come to visit, I knew that there was one club that I could get into no matter what. Because I had gotten in already. And that was called the Garden of Eden. It was on the corner of La Brea and Sunset Boulevard. No, no. La Brea and Hollywood Boulevard. Garden of Eden. When I got there, I met a guy named Suck Sung. Now, I describe Suck, Asian dude, as the Harriet Tubman. The Harriet Tubman of Hollywood. Because what he did was he allowed people like me to feel like we could make it there. Because he was giving out jobs. Right? So the first time I went to his party, it was banging. So when I moved here and went back to the party, it was still banging. So I remember when I spoke to him, I was like, look, your party's fire. He was like, thank you. Very cool, humble cat. 
I was like, he was like, thank you. I was like, but I could take it to another level. So he's like, how? Now, me coming from Ohio, I was already on the microphone blowing everything up. So I knew there was no MCs in LA. I'm proud to say that I pioneered that in Los Angeles. So I asked him, I said, do you have a microphone? And he quickly was like, I don't, I don't want nobody rapping. I was like, good. Because I don't want nobody rapping either. He kind of looked at me funny and then walked away. Now I'm listening to the music and I'm like, whoever the DJ is, is killing it. And I look over and it's a chubby white dude, chain smoking cigarettes, and he's scratching with his knuckles. I mean, he's killing this shit. Now, coming from Ohio, I had never seen no shit like that. Because the style of music that he was playing, you expect to see some black dude killing it like that. Just what it was. I look over in the VIP, Justin Timberlake over there, Jessica Alba over there. So in my mind, I'm like, all these regular patrons don't even know who up in here. Give me a microphone. I will light this shit on fire. Now, me being a fan of dance, the music is banging so hard, I don't know nobody. So the best thing for me to do, I know innately, is if I get out on that dance floor, we open up a circle on that dance floor. By the time it's time to go, everybody in here going to know my name. Now, I did something very key when I first moved to L.A. I changed my name. See, in Ohio, I was Bobby Bowman. B. Bowman, Bowman, Bobby, that was who I was. When I came to L.A., from day one, I changed it to just Boogie. Now, I was so adamant about this that when friends would come from Ohio that knew me, if we were out and they called me Bobby, I wouldn't respond to them. I would get to a point where I would get mad at you because it was like, respect what I'm trying to do. Understand what I'm trying to do. So it, it took a while for people to re you know, recognize, okay, don't call him that. So I basically reinvented myself. I get on this dance floor and I'm chilling. I'm in the circle. I'm gigging. And all of a sudden, a suck dude comes up, taps me on my shoulder. So he kind of waves his hand like, you know, come with me. So I'm thinking he's going to tell me, okay, you know, don't, don't be doing no circles. Don't, in, don't be entertaining. I don't know what he's going to say. He starts to walk through the club and he takes me back into this like, it was a, like a service bar area. He looks at me and he goes, I don't want nobody rapping. Now in my mind, I'm like, this motherfucker just said that already. I, I heard you. Then he pulls a microphone out of his back pocket. Oh, <laughs> I snatched that microphone out of his hand so fast, I was damn near running through the club to get over to the DJ. Because what you don't want to do is just start talking. That's rude. The DJ's already got his groove thing down. You don't want to just start talking over his shit without giving him a heads up. So I had the mic in my hand. I walked over to him. And I'm like, he saw the mic. When I approached him, he saw the mic. He was like, oh, you, you finna rock? I'm like, I'm with you. He was like, all right, what's up? I'm like, just do what you've been doing. But just do me a favor. Break it down for a minute. Once you break it down, I'll introduce you, I'll introduce where we are, I'll introduce the suck dude, and then I'll introduce myself, and then we can go. He's like, all right, cool. So I was like, what's your name? He's like, Adam. I was like, are you DJ Adam? He was like, no, I'm DJ AM. I was like, all right, bet, DJ AM, I'm Boogie, nice to meet you. He cut that shit, ew. I said, Hollywood, California, welcome to this most magnificent experience. You are now rocking alongside DJ AM. This is a suck song production in the world famous Garden of Eden. I am the voice of this city. I am Boogie. Is Los Angeles in here tonight? Whose birthday is it tonight? Justin Timberlake, I see you. Jessica Alba, I see you. I'm, I'm running through the game and I'm doing what I do. That 
boy DJ AM said, Jimmy, 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 California love. Everybody threw their hands up. We had that shit rocking. Now, here's what I couldn't do. I couldn't rock the place the whole night. Because if I would have rocked it the whole night, like, I was just happy to be there. Now you think I'm doing this shit for fun, not to get a check. And I needed you to know, this is what I do. So coming out here, I knew I could rock parties. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do until you can do what you want. I knew I wanted to be on TV. I knew I wanted to do X, Y, and Z. But I knew in order for me to get to that, I had to do this, 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 and this. And this is one thing that I knew I could do on a high level. Because if you can get people to come out when the wind chill factor is negative 20 in Ohio, if you can get people to come out when they ain't cleared the roads and it's a snowstorm, if you can get people to come out in that inclement type of weather, then I can definitely get these folks that pretty much live here to go out. Oh, I can get them out. I can get this shit popping. And that was the goal. And that's what I did. So 17 years later, off of that, I remember a dude came up to me after I finished rocking that same night. And he came up to me. He was like, you're new here. You weren't here the last time I was here. And I stuck my hand out. I was like, hey, man, I'm Boogie. He turned around and walked away. I was this close to being like, you bitch, man. But I did it. My energy, I'm feeling too good. I'm in LA. I made it. About five minutes later, same dude came back to me, walked up to me. Now, in my mind, I'm going, come on, bruh, leave me alone. He hands me his business card. It says, give me a call on Monday. I flip his business card over, and it says, Danny Villa, MTV Casting. Yo, that changed everything for me right there. Because what most people didn't know is, for two years prior to that, I slept outside on the ground auditioning for MTV. MTV did a contest called Wanna Be a VJ. And they were having open casting calls. So I flew from Ohio to New York the one year, slept outside on the ground with thousands of other people, got my audition, didn't make it. The very next year, went to St. Louis, slept outside on the ground, didn't make it. That next year, I'm in L.A., and MTV gives me a, a business card. So it was that whole time I was like, wow, maybe I should have just been in L.A., but I couldn't think like that because I needed to hone no skills. So when I say I just celebrated 17 years, there's a lot of life that has happened in that time period. The phrase is real talk. Life happens while we're making plans. I'm, I was trying so hard to get to this certain point to move my mom out and do all these types of things that life continues. Lost my mom on this hustle. You know, so to be able to sit here in front of you on this platform and talk about how I'm, I'm blessed to celebrate another birthday today, how I'm blessed to have been here for 17 years and experienced some of the projects and had the opportunities that I've had. I, I'm living my dream. Just, I'm living my dream, you know, and it's crazy because I often tell people, the conversation when I got here was audition, audition, audition. That's the only way you worked, unless you knew somebody and they was just hooking you up. But now, it seems as overnight, that all changed. Period. You, we, we are out here auditioning, and the next thing you know, we look up, and there's people that we've never even heard of 
that have never been in an audition room with us, an audition space with us, never seen these people at any party, any club, but now they've got three, five million people following them and they're getting the jobs. And you're like, who the fuck is that? Everything changes, so you have to stay current. So I'm excited to still be here. I'm excited to still have those moments where I'm struggling. I have those moments where I'm geek, the lows, the highs, all the stuff that makes it life. No matter how hard it gets, I'm still here. No matter how good it gets, I'm still here. No matter the losses, the gains, it's all part of everything that I signed up for. I get a chance now, who would have ever thought that I could just sit for 30 minutes and talk to people about my experiences and my journey and it would be received without having to go through some major studio or, you know, pitch it to people that felt like it was a good idea and they would want to jump on and jump behind it. Who would have ever thought that we would be in a place where TV is not the most relevant form of communication now, media now. Who I never thought that, never dreamed that. I fall asleep nightly to YouTube. Now I'm, I've got a platform on YouTube and there's Instagram and all these social things. And to be able to, I know I keep saying it, but to be able to be here. There are people that I love dearly that were rooting for me that had my back, my best interest, love for me, that aren't here anymore. So it's my job to make sure that everything I'm doing is in honor and respect those people that believe I could do anything. Those people that were the first ones to talk me off a ledge when I felt like it wasn't happening, when I started to feel like maybe I can't do this. My job now is, even in those moments, I have to remember Jensen. I have to remember my mom. I have to remember Jeff. I have to remember these people, my cousin Rashid, that got a chance to come to Columbus, Ohio, and see his little cousin killing this city. I have to remember all of them, and I'll never forget. podcast i am the voice of the city remember if nobody loves you boogie loves you and it's always good better best never let it rest until your good gets better and your better gets best the hollywood university stereo podcast available on itunes google play and soundcloud